0: No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Goody Good afternoon, Winnipeg. Good afternoon, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live somewhere on the interweb, good afternoon to you and welcome to the final. A legal curve post-game show of the 23-24 season. The calendar year ends today. But if you as you notice, Dave Manuk is here. I've been here all weekend. But that is not Ezra Ginsburg. That is not Drew Medell. That is Connor Harabchak of Winnipeg Sports Talk, repping the Winnipeg Sports Talk brand on his hoodie. Connor is we, you know, we took yesterday, we took Connor, we took Jim Toth out of IR and we forced him to uh, to get healthy enough to to compete. We're taking you off of IR, and we're putting you in the in the bullpen. So how you feeling? Welcome to your debut here on Illegal Curve.
1: Yes, thank you very much for having me. Uh, feeling good. A lot of people might have seen that yesterday I wasn't at the game. I was pretty sick with the flu. Um, yeah, but like you said, I was activated off of IR today and good to go. Ready to talk about this huge win.
0: Well, as folks might know, I've got a soft spot for anything Moose-related. Connor and I spent many many a night together when he was getting his uh, feet wet in the Winnipeg media industry at uh, Moose games. Now he's gone big time. We see him at uh, jets games. We will not see him in 20 minutes. As, as you know, folks know, I'm going to be late for uh, the final Moose game of the season. They're taking on the Texas stars in 20 minutes time at Canada life. There will be fireworks. I'm hoping to be down there for the second period, but it's already a pumped chat. uh, Connor. There's a lot of folks here, so I'm not going to leave anybody early. I'll try and do double duty as best I can. Doing dual loyalty, Jets and Moose, because we have to provide coverage for both. So we'll try and get some Moose coverage, but that's going to be later. Today, it's all about the Jets talk because the Jets went into Minnesota and they continued their December to remember. They keep it rolling along. It didn't, uh, it started off interesting, of course, which we'll get into in a second. And then uh, the Jets were able to pick up a win courtesy of the Minnesota man, Dominic Condonato, and the play of Laurent Bressois. Uh, lots to talk about in this game. Maybe just give us your initial thoughts on uh, the hockey game this afternoon that took place in St. Paul. I mean,
1: you said it right there. They got the win because of Dominic Toninato and Lauren Bressois. I mean, we've, we've talked all year about this team's depth and mm-hmm. uh, their depth up front, their organizational depth on the back end. Um, and then their backup goaltender, who's now 3-1 and in the month of December, and the one game he lost was a 2-1 loss to the Sharks. I mean, Bressois is having a great year. Dominic Toninato chips in. Vladislav Nemesikov, the power play finally scored in a big moment. Uh, This was a fast, physical game, but the Jets' depth came through and and got them the win.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny, though, because I had just previously I'd said the Jets' man, and then I wrote advantage in quotes. And then Vlad Nemesikov, (laughs) clearly reading our tweets there, Connor, on the bench, seconds later, doesn't even take a second. And, you know, that's one of the things they talked about, right? Shooting quicker. And getting those shots off, and that's exactly what he did catching Mark Andre Fleury, and it was a it was a rocket of a shot by Vladimir Mesnikov, and uh, that had to you know it's one of the things I noticed you know I looked at the game uh, previously and I tweeted this was the depth because we've talked about the depth needing depth scoring and the first line which we you know we've talked about and their their possession numbers and everything looking so good for velardi Ealers, and Shifley, well they've cooled down of late, and who scored the goals? You know a Ryder has two, Alex Ayafalo. Axley Hansen-Fielbi, Dominic Toninato, uh, Morgan Barron, you know, like these are the guys who are scoring for you and it's and it's a good thing. Adam Lowry, sorry, and of course that was his 100th goal in the NHL. So that's, that's I think one of the things you just said was the depth and that to me is, is what stands out from, from this last couple of games. Two huge games. I mean, we talked about it yesterday on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I mean, the Jets came into this weekend eight points up on a hard-charging Minnesota, a, a Minnesota team that hadn't lost very much under new new coach John Hines. They'd come into Winnipeg on a four-game win streak. Now they're on a two-game losing streak, and it's all courtesy of the Winnipeg Jets, who outscore them 7-4 to in the two games. Uh, You know, so it's just another testament to the way this hockey team has been playing of late
1: yeah, they ran into the wagon that is the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, they're 10 <laughs> one and two in the month of December. Like this team is just rolling through teams. Their losses have come against bad teams, which is weird. like like I said, they lost to the Sharks at one time. They lost to the Blackhawks like just on Wednesday. And then here yeah. they come back with with these two wins. I mean, it's it's really weird to see the Jets kind of play up and down to their competition, but when they play up, they play really high up because they are they blew out Boston at home. They just swept Minnesota back-to-back um, with goals from Toninato and a big game from Lauren Bressois. This team is rolling. Uh, the December is maybe one of their best months like as a team ever since they returned to Winnipeg, 10-1-2. That's really impressive. Mm-hmm. And they're getting it from everyone. Like you said, the top line isn't even rolling right now. I think their possession numbers have stayed kind of the same, but the goals aren't going in. Yeah, um, But the other lines are picking up the slack, so it doesn't even matter.
0: Yeah, no, there, there's no question about it, and and I think Jets fans have a lot of reason to be happy because I think the the team, look, you knew that Minnesota was going to want to win it for Flurry. You know, Mark Andre Flurry was a very classy guy, and he's playing. Uh, you know, I, it's amazing to think that he was his first NHL game game came 20 years ago. You know, in 2003, and 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 so, you know, he's playing in game 1000, and the players were were respectful, and they went over and and congratulated them. The, Fans in Winnipeg congratulated Mark Andre Fleury when he, when it was announced on the scoreboard that he played in his 999th game unexpectedly uh, last night right. in uh, or last yesterday afternoon I should say in Winnipeg when he came in in relief in the third period. But obviously we have to get a little bit of that game into today's game because before the game it was announced that Nick Patan the free Nick <laughs> Patan movement was was uh, realized as he was recalled from Iowa. And Zane McIntyre, who I don't think – I think I saw a friend Brad Schlossman, who works for the Grand Forks Herald, wrote – I don't think he's played in the NHL game since 2018-19. But he, mm-hmm. Zane McIntyre came up from Iowa to back up because Gustafson wasn't available because he was injured in yesterday's game. He played two periods right. in Winnipeg. But the more important one was Kirill Kaprizov, who, of course, was knocked out of the game uh, by Brendan Dillon. Uh, you know, and I'm not even joking. Like We hadn't – Drew and I were doing the post-game show – I hadn't even seen the hit really. So I didn't really know what was going on. And I honestly thought he just got killed based on kind of what I was hearing. And I saw it and I was like, yeah, it's a cross check, but it didn't it's kind of like a million cross checks we see in the NHL. How many, how many times
1: did that happen in this game? Like the game today was played so below the goal line and there's players battling, they're doing those little cross checks. And it's like, it It was so nondescript. Yeah, I totally agree. I, when I, I didn't see it at first either. I watched Mm -hmm. the replay and I was kind of like, Oh, that, that was it. That knocked him out. Um, clearly just caught him in a bad spot, but the whole Twitter reaction of him being dirty and, Oh,
0: come on. Well, I, I I jokingly (laughs) tweeted that. I think it's probably a good thing that the jets and wild do not play till February 20th, because I think these fan bases need a break from each other because, (laughs) and we'll get into it during the recap. When I saw what, you know, the Colper Fetty was, you know, I saw the play when Hartman hit him in the, in the face off the face off. And, uh, and then it was like, folks, and I so I tweeted it, and folks took my tweet, and it was like an attack on every guy in the Minnesota media. And I was like, look, I'm just making an observation. That's what we do here. But, it, you know, again, like I said, plays happen. There's a lot of dirtiness sometimes, but it's, it's almost as if, you know, the fan base has acted like they've never seen a hit before uh and somehow it's it you know one team is particularly dirty and da 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 so uh, i both just thought that was the dirtiest interesting.
1: team in the league yeah um,
0: like yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so it, it's probably a good thing that and and, and the, the other thing i tweeted which i think is is probably a fair assessment uh connor is that you know now that the game has ended both sets of fan bases who you know because there were a lot of jets fans obviously in um the xl energy center i think are going to head down to um uh US Bank and then it's US bank, right. I think, right? And yeah, go it is, see the yeah. go see the Vikings play. What are they who are they playing again tonight? They're playing the Packers. Packers, In, right. The so only person Night. the only Jets fan who I know won't be celebrating for them is Sarah Leski because she's a big Packers fan. But uh up. well she's not a Jets fan. She works for the Jets. And I know there I had some pushback from some folks who said they weren't um vikings fans but i suspect mm-hmm. there's um there are a lot of manitobans who support the vikings so the 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 wild jets thing will will subside and then they'll all go cheer for the vikings right
1: yes it should be, it should be interesting <laughs> they do need a break from one another i i totally agree and th- the twitter mentions people are going crazy um and then after last year it was it was bound to bleed over into this year i mean last year was the right. pinnacle of that i remember like the whole rick bonus thing that he did to dean evison and yeah. then the Ealers hit like those were two of my most engaged with tweets like I've ever posted. So that was bound to bleed over. There was going to be a play where people thought it was controversial and it was going to go nuts and people are going to call each, each team the dirtiest team in the NHL. But yeah, at the end of the day, there was a hockey game to play here and the Jets won and the dirtiness wasn't really there. I mean, we can we can start with the fight um, right off the opening face off, but. Outside of that, there wasn't really a, a dirty hit or there wasn't another fight after that. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't a, a dirty game by either side, by by my eyes.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And we'll get into it when we talk, when we do, when we kick off the recap itself. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no question about it. I think it kind of, you know, you saw what Adam Lowry, the captain, did, went to Pat Maroon off the opening draw and essentially said, like, okay, like, let's get this. My, my assessment was, let's get this out of the way so we don't have to deal with this throughout the ho- course of the hockey and we can actually play a hockey game because it's an important game. You know, the Minnesota wild want to staunch the bleeding and, and they know, and I've talked about this both on IllegalCurve.com and on these various shows that we do here on this channel, but it's not just the, the, the wild who are charging Arizona, Nashville won again yesterday. So you've got Arizona and Nashville who are, who are still sticking around. St. Louis isn't, done either so you know from the jets perspective and and i just saw it in the chat and sorry to the chat because usually i'm more attentive to being able to bring your comments in when drew and ezzy are on the show but today i'm hosting and connor is a guest so this is a little more focused but we'll try and get all your comments in but one of the comments i saw was the fact that the jets now leap into first place in the central but more importantly have games in hand on not on um, dallas but they do have them on colorado so you know that's significant and you know when rick bonus talks about Um, and the other thing we have to talk about because it's remarkable and it doesn't seem to be getting a lot of mention 25 straight games without allowing more than three goals in a hockey game. That's absurd. And that, that speaks to what you mentioned earlier was that Laurent Bressois and Connor Hellebuck are playing phenomenal hockey right now.
1: Yeah. Connor Hellebuck, his stats in December are unbelievable. He's back as like a top three Vesna candidate, top two, maybe with Thatcher Demko in Vancouver um he's he's back to the level we're used to him seeing and it goes back to that extension him and Mark Scheifele dual extensions that was so huge for the franchise and it's paying dividends right now and then Lauren Bressois I said it before the season that you don't give a backup 1.7 million especially especially with backups across the league you see you're getting league minimum like Dave Riddick got 900k who was the Jets backup last year and then went to the AHL and now he's he's up but usually NHL teams are going and paying backups 900k so they can just you know, have them fill in for a couple guys, give their starter a night off. But no, they gave Lauren Bressois a, a $1.75 million contract. They need him to win big games. And that's what he did today. He was fantastic.
0: Yeah. And and it's funny because the the concern, of course, in the beginning of the season was the shakiness of the netminders. Maybe they were just not used to the Jets being a better defensive team and controlling the, the, the game a little bit more and being, yeah. a, you know, just their five on five play being much better than it was. But you know the the folks who were expecting this team to kind of fall back into old habits, we're not seeing it. And even when the Jets yep. are down in games, we're not seeing them out. You know, and it's been it's been multiple games. Whether they're you know you obviously as a if the if you're a Jets fan, you want to see them out ahead, but when they're down, they're not reverting to bad habits. They're kind of maintaining the structure that Rick Bonus and company have have installed in them, and as a result, they're able to you know again stick with the plan. And come back and win games. And that's something that obviously is very important and has led to them being the number one team in the central division as 23, 24, well, 23 comes to an end.
1: Yeah. And to further your point, like the Jets were down two-one early in the third period in this game. And then Mm -hmm. within what three minutes, they had the lead again. Um, like that's that was that's pushback that Rick bonus probably liked. Um, yeah, but it's it's nice to see from a Jets team, and people ask, you know, how's this team different from last year? That's one of the reasons they're deeper. They have more, uh, they play more consistently and they have more pushback. And that's really where that starts and ends. Um, And Hellebuck and Brassois have been a big part of that. But the forward depth obviously came through in this one. They've been a big part of that as well. But they could have easily rolled over. Minnesota has been a good defensive team since John Hines joined. Uh, But no, they went and got two goals just like that. Took the lead. And then the Jets with a lead. Um, We know how good they are at suppressing chances against. They're one of the best teams in the league playing with a lead. Um, so uh, yeah, like you said, obviously you want to see them playing with a lead, but mm-hmm. I think they're especially good playing with a lead better than the, the, the league's elite around them.
0: Yeah. Now, Connor, there, you've got a request from James Robinson. He wants you to change your backdrop to the saxophone <laughs> squirtle. I don't know if that's possible. And it's funny because I don't I, want I mean, I I to admit. <laughs> I was asking Connor, you know, or like I was texting Connor when that whole saxophone squirtle thing was going on and I'm like, what am I missing here? What am, what is going on? So Connor was nice enough <laughs> to explain to, to me what, what yeah. saxophone squirtle was. Cause I was a little out of the loop originally. I'm like, I could, I could Google it, but I'm too lazy. Just yeah. explain it to me.
1: What, so Connor, that,
0: Connor gave me the 411.
1: <laughs> yeah. When that whole thing started on Twitter. Um, and then the. They said it was going to be like played at the next game. My hand was on the phone, on my phone, like on the desk <laughs> the whole time. I was waiting for it. And then it came up and I started videoing it. I was so ready. I was like, oh, people on Twitter are gonna love this. And it's it's taken off. It's it's gone. It's yeah, it's it's hilarious how it's turned into from like an internet meme to like a a big thing on on yeah Yeah,
0: but you know what that's that's the fun of the game and it's good on the Jets and Quentin Rob specifically who does that stuff for the Jets he he recognized the opportunity and and again you get engagement so that's one of the things that you want to see obviously a sold out crowd yesterday uh fun environment we weren't there of course but it was it was made for a good environment and that's one of the things that I think folks are liking Joe from what a big ass sorry go ahead okay um there was a fan
1: actually with Go Jets go, and a photo of a saxophone Squirtle at the Minnesota game. See? They showed it on
0: the broadcast, so it's it's international. It's traveling. There you go. There we go. You're getting you're getting folks <laughs> engaged. Just to answer Joe's question, no, mm-hmm. it was not the Rumindel drunk experience. I think <laughs> last year the 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 final game of 23 was well. I know it was Ezzy and I because Ezzy wore the glasses that said Happy New Year's, but I'm pretty sure it was that late game against the Oilers, if I recall correctly. I think right. they played yes. in Edmonton because the Moose played an afternoon game. Finished that responsibility. And then I came home, and I believe they played like an eight o'clock start against Edmonton. So um, it was not the Drew Mandel solo experience. That's only happened one time, and we've shut it down ever happening again. This, is, of course, is the illegal curve post game show. You're listening to Dave Manuk. I'm in the hosting chair today. I'm joined by Connor Rabcheck, Winnipeg Sports Talk, my uh, my frequent partner in crime uh, in the press box, sitting beside me. So uh, he's joined me today to sit beside me to talk about today's Jets three two. Uh win. We do this after every single Jets game. So make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribing to the Leo Curve Hockey Show or their YouTube channel specifically. And then we'll uh you can join us after every single Jets game. And it seems like as Connor just detailed in December at least, it was oftentimes you're joining us after a win more than a loss. So the Jets added to their wins today in Minnesota. They pick up a 3-2 victory. We will, of course, get into that in the with the Betway game recap. We do that each and every time, the Jets. And uh, which, whoever, whichever opponent they're playing, Carter, Connor. I just call you Connor? Whoa, whoa. Okay. I, sorry, I was doing too – see, this is the problem. Doing too many things, beating names. We're about too to do hats. it. Let's get into it. The Betway Game <laughs> Recap. The Betway Game Recap. And before we even talk about a goal, we've got to talk about the Adam Lowry dropping the gloves with Pat Maroon. Because, look, some people think it's stupid. Some people think it's unnecessary. I mean, again, I'm of the opinion, like, and I understand it. This is my thought, and then I'll get your thoughts on it. And we can, of mm-hmm. course, have the chat jump into the, as they like to do, jump in and let us know their thoughts as to what uh, they thought about this situation. But to me... It's it. The idea is you just settle it, and it's just it's two guys who, yeah, they weren't involved in the play specifically, and you know we're talking about Kapril Kaprizov getting hurt and Brendan Dillon, uh, you know, Brendan with Brendan Dillon, and of course you'd say that Middleton and Dillon fighting would have ended it, but clearly with Kaprizov not playing in today's game, there's still that bad blood. So Lowry speaks to Maroon. They drop the gloves two seconds into the game, and they deal with it. And the idea is at least my perspective is, and we talked about this a little bit, is just there's a hockey game to be played, and it's an important two points, and we don't need stupid stuff that's going to happen potentially. You're trying to offset that. Now, we'll talk about it again. There was some stupid stuff that happened because Minnesota has some players that tend to play a little bit on the edge, if you will, and so that kind of thing still transpired, but it could have been a lot worse potentially if that didn't take place. So what are your thoughts on – uh, Lowry dropping the gloves with Maroon because, and just quickly, sorry, one last thing. If you notice, I'm not gonna say it was a half-hearted fight because they definitely like dropped them and threw them. But like even at the end, when Lowry got back up and they kind of got ready to chuck, Maroon kind of just backed off. It you know with the with a kind of said didn't even need to be pulled away. Just kind of was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, and they it was
1: that made it clear that they were just doing it just to settle it, just to get this over with. Like we know. Uh, this is going to be a, a hard fought game. We know there's going to be fights. Let's just fight and get it over with. Uh, and yeah, I, I agree with what you said. A lot of people said they didn't like it. Uh, two players uninvolved in the play.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: like I said earlier, um, there's the, there's the Ryan Hartman play on Cole Perfetti, which we'll get into in a second. But mm-hmm. I didn't think this game was overly dirty. Like there wasn't any dirty hits from behind per se. There weren't any fights. There weren't any majors handed out. Um, and you could argue that that fight kind of prevented anything dirty happening. Like it was just kind of, okay, we know emotions are high. We're just going to fight, get it over with. And then we're going to play hockey because it's a huge two points that Minnesota needs to win. Um, and they need to win their upcoming game. So they can't have a player getting suspended uh, like a Ryan Hartman last year. Um, but it's, I, I think it worked for the purpose that they set out to do, which was settle whatever animosity there was from the Kaprizov thing and mm-hmm. let's not forget that Dylan answered for the Capri stuff thing in the game on right. Saturday. So yeah. The, yeah, they're uninvolved in the play, but Dylan already answered for it. Um, this is Lowry saying I'm the captain. I'm going up against Pat Maroon. We're just going to fight. We're going to settle this. We're going to get it over with, and then we can just play hockey. Um, and they kept it relatively clean. I mean, the Hartman play definitely wasn't clean, um, but it's uh, it. there was no, I was expecting, you know, you, you see these two two, two teams play you're always expecting like some big hits from behind or uh, a major penalty handed out or uh like multiple fights throughout the game but there wasn't that so i think it it worked for the purpose they set out to do and um and i
0: i didn't hate it okay well and and the other thing i was sorry the little bit of pregame stuff what is going on why is there no pregame show am i missing something here because like i tweeted it out before and i'm thinking to myself like as much as i love our boy jesse pollock doing some sort of best something of the year I, I just cannot get over the fact that the jets there is not a jets pregame show like i remember i remember thinking to myself like i was in anaheim for a game and i was, or I, was I think i was a game and and the ducks had a pregame show and i thought to myself why just the jets not have a pregame show like how am i missing yeah. something before every single game that there's not a pregame show and i was jokingly said do, do folks want to see an illegal curve pregame show brought to you with by Kron or Harabchak? cuz of course we couldn't and <laughs> all do it be it, we'd be murdered but uh, I'm I'm not even joking. Like it it seems crazy to me. Yeah. And this and sorry, I started the betway game recap. That meant to be one of my preamble thoughts, uh, Connor was the fact that I just don't understand how there's not a pregame show. And again, you don't have to send them to Minnesota. You could do it out of Winnipeg. But mm-hmm. I just I can't understand how there's not a 30 minute like especially with the the nature of media changing. And there's there was nobody in Winnipeg that was in nobody from the Winnipeg media, I should say mm-hmm. that was in attendance other than guys who work for the team. So right. the jets pregame, make an emergency. Re- they put David Gustafson on IR. We should mention that. Of course he's that's yeah. retroactive to, I think December 29th or December. Mm-hmm. No, no, it'd be earlier. Actually it would be December whenever they play Boston. He's already eligible to come off. Yeah, so he's already eligible to come off, but they do that as a as a as a means of allowing them to have space. So then they make the emergency recall Jeffrey Vl, who you know, of course, we've everyone seen my my tweet of his fight with Alex Gallant uh, when they fought Ooh. in I think it was in Calgary, uh, which was one of the craziest fights I've ever seen. So they recall Jeffrey VL and there's an opportunity for him. You don't know. And then of course that I will say, everyone goes you, nuts. Yeah. I was going to say, Connor, we should probably mention that because it did rile things up. It didn't help that the Minnesota guys who, the Minnesota media were, were tweeting saying, Oh, the the, the Jets have oh. called up their resident goon from, uh, from, from the AHL. So that's inflamed things obviously significantly. Oh. And then, yeah. and then, you know, but the problem is, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because, well, one, it's pertinent, but two, we don't know what's happening. So line rushes are Mm -hmm. taking place and nobody's there. Like, you know, and I understand like from a, from a uh, economic perspective to send guys on the road for a one and off isn't necessarily, you know, has that necessary value versus them going on a three, four game road trip. And Mm -hmm. the free press is obviously the ones who are doing that. So I get it, but it's so at the same time, but you're sitting there and you don't have any idea what's going on there. Nobody knows what's happening and you have to wait until literally until puck drop to see if DL gets in the lineup. So, it's a little unfortunate in that regard that there's, there's not something that's a little bit more informative for the fan base to give them some, some information in terms of like what's going on pregame. And and like I said, like like when Dan Robertson and Kevin Sawyer do that, it's good because at least you're getting some information that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. have, you know, for the half an hour lead up. And the reality is, and I think I speak for most people, everybody's like, Available for the half an hour before the Jets game because <laughs> they're all amp they're they know they're going to watch the get- Jets game for the afternoon mm-hmm. or the evening. So to me, a thirty minute pregame show, maybe it'll be on a legal curve for the twenty four twenty five season. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, I just think it's something that it, it's it just shows that the market is underserved, and I just think it's something that should be added.
1: And on Saturday, um, I I totally agree with you. By the way, and on Saturday, it even said like on the te- at least on my uh, cable viewing service. Yeah. I it said Winnipeg Jets pregame and then you click on it and it's the highlights of or mm. it's like the best 50 best moments of whatever. Um, So I got all amped up for a pregame. Get some <laughs> get some. And then John Lou, That was the morning Kyle Connor skated. Uh Right. And John Lou tweeted out like we'll have more information on our TSN show. So I was right. like, oh, Jets pregame. I want to tune in because I want to see what John Lewis to say about Kyle Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there just wasn't anything there. And then they said it on the broadcast, like middle of the first period, they gave an update on Cal Connor. But um, yeah, I totally agree with you. The, the market is absolutely underserved, and they're in dire need of a, a pregame show
0: for sure. Well, Minkus, which sounds a lot like Manuk with an S, is uh, in a, yeah. a big heck yeah to an IC pregame show. So Connor, we might have to be recruiting you uh, to to lead that effort, and we'll see. Might well, have to well, talk well, to Hus. Well, Dark Dark Moon is saying <laughs> I can only handle so much, and I don't disagree with that statement. But maybe what we can do is we can get uh we can bring connor in if, if folks like connor i mean we're gonna have to this is your trial, trial right now so folks are yeah. you know i want folks in the chat to give connor a big thumbs up we'll find out after maybe we should do a poll connor the connor poll oh no it, but don't do a no. poll i could go bad <laughs> <laughs> oh joe joe's asking if i want updates from the moose game well oh i guess man the game's already on connor see wow. we've already had so much fun we're 25 minutes into it we haven't even gotten started and i'm already missing the moose game look at that one fight yeah, we've right. gone through we've gone through one fight, and now of course, so let's keep it rolling. Yeah, face off first face off for the Profetti line, and he takes that high stick from Ryan Hartman. And and again, Ooh. things happen in the game, things get missed. It's definitely, you know, I I had people saying trying to say it was an intended stick lift. I'm 10 based on it being Ryan Hartman to think that it was probably a little bit intentional. Uh, but you know, it was a rough first period, a good first period. And I and I liked that you know Rick Bonus used Cole Perfetti because I thought he had, he was really good. He relieved it wasn't in the first period, but there was one shift where the Shifley Ealers line was was made two big mistakes, which could have ended up in the back of the net. I think it was one all at that point. And Perfetti came on as a replacement for Vellardi and he relieved the he got the puck, relieved the pressure. So I actually thought he had a really strong game today. Um but yeah. You know, that first period was rough for him because he takes the Hartman shot in the face. And then he takes, of course, he prevents a goal by slot by getting back on that right. three on one and sliding into the net. But he looked like he was in a little pain there as well.
1: Yeah. And I think he just turned it out to be winded because yeah. um that reaction, like he's kind of holding his ribs. Um, I, I have no clue. But yeah, I, I thought he seriously got hurt because of the way he reacted, but then he stayed on the bench and he was he was yeah. out there the next shift. Um, but yeah, Cole Perfetti, I thought he had a great game as well. But that that face off play. Yeah, you could call it like he's going for a stick lift. I agree with you where it's it's Ryan Hartman. So I my mm-hmm. mindset changes on that. If it was like uh, Sebastian Ajo or whatever Joel right. Eriksson to stay on the same team, um, I wouldn't be as inclined to call that intentional. But it definitely caught him. He went straight to the the bench, and uh, I don't think linesman can call a penalty on that. I could be I I could be corrected on that. I'm not sure if linesman can call penalties can on the yeah, like a high stick, mm-hmm. but it happens on the faceoff dot. Um, if if that's a if that's not a rule, maybe it should be because the linesman is right there. He can see just fine. He probably saw Hartman get um, or Perfetti get hit right in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely a missed call. It's, it's blatant high sticking, um, but it happens so fast, and Perfetti's on the bench within seconds that I I don't blame them really for missing it. Um, but yeah, you you hate to see that, and then Perfetti, like you said, slides into the net. A rough start and a, a physical start for Perfetti, not probably what he wanted.
0: You always wonder, though, like you're thinking, OK, there's four officials on the ice and they're all watching the face off. Yeah. So you've got to think that that someone saw something. But yeah, I mean, again, like I said, it's it's one of those plays and it happens a lot in games and and it doesn't get called and, and you yeah. live with it, you deal with that reality. Yeah. And so the Jets de- dealt with that reality. And, and it looked like they were going to be, you know, they didn't take advantage of the uh, power play that you know they, i thought it what was your impressions of their power play they had the they there weren't a ton of penalty calls in the in the game itself Uh good friend zach bogosian who was once a member of the illegal curve november team believe it or not wow back in 2011 12 it was zach bogosian jim slater and i can't remember who the third guy was who was it oh maybe mark stewart i think it was mark stewart mm. somehow somehow there was some sort of cross promotion between a legal curve and the jets and we had a bunch of jets who were on our november team i don't don't exactly understand how that that came to be but uh it was it was not it was not a pretty sight with my november but anyways Dude. regardless of that zach bogosian former jet who was of course passed in games by brendan Dillon yesterday as i mentioned on the show right um he takes the penalty and the jets power play get some work they didn't score but did you see anything on that power play that you know led you to think it was things were improving in in that area because, of course, I think they were what was they three for thirty coming into the game.
1: Yeah, it was. It, I I think I I did see some things, especially yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. there was a like they went zero for four, and you can't really excuse that. But yeah. Velarde misses a wide open backdoor tap in, and they they generated a lot. I thought, and Rick Bonus agreed with that statement in the post game. He said, "I thought the power plays were good. We just didn't finish our chances, and generating something." and not having it be a momentum killer is a win at this point for the Winnipeg Jets uh, and their power play. So the first unit today, I thought really struggled with entering and like holding the zone, um, which has been a common theme. Um, yesterday they had Adam Lowry come in to take faceoffs because they've been losing a lot of face-offs on the draw. I thought they were better on face-offs today, but I still think that second unit is playing better than the top unit right now, especially with the man advantage. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, the top unit is generating and they're shooting the puck a lot and it's clearly an emphasis and that's a good thing because they're generating something's happening and they're, they're not losing momentum because of it, but there's still something missing. I don't know if it's movement. I don't know. I, I don't really know what it is. I don't get paid to know what it is. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, the second unit is clearly outplaying the top unit. And, uh, but I, I like the shot first mentality, just throw mm-hmm. every puck on net. Something's bound to happen.
0: Yeah. And I just, you know, it's one of the things we talk about. We Murat Atash of the Athletic wrote a really good article about about the Jets' power play and and the things that he was seeing that could be improved. And one of the things I thought they did a little bit better of was they weren't staying as married to their uh, positioning, and they were moving their feet a little bit more. So I think that's probably a good sign. But yeah, I, again, like I said, there was still some stagnation that you don't like to see, and you want to see them. I agree, shoot the puck more and 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 try and generate because that's really again with the PP and the PK, those are the only areas that you have. Of complaint with this jets team five and five obviously not and and goaltending obviously not and those are obviously your more significant areas but as we've talked about for for quite some time throughout the course of this season that's one area you have to improve it's just an, yeah. it's just got to get to the average it doesn't have to be top 10 it just has to be in the top 15 and right now they're well they were 23rd and 26 coming into yesterday's game i don't know where they are as of right now uh, we can check or somebody maybe someone in the chat could, can share that with us but the fact of the matter is that it's one of those areas that they, they need to shore up and they need to get better. And of course we'll got, get into it when we get into the, into the third period that they did improve on. But you know, it looked, it looked like an interesting period because you didn't know, even like you said, or like we talked about Lowry and, um, and uh, Maroon kind of settled it, but it still felt like it was going to be a physical game. And Minnesota yeah. looked like they were bringing a lot of emotion and there was a lot of emotion, right? Mark Andre Fleury playing only the fourth goaltender in NHL history to play in a thousand games, you knew they wanted to win this game for him because it's it's one thing to play in that kind of game and it's emotional, and it's exciting, and your family's there, but it's another thing to lose that game or win it and yeah. and and tie that positivity or negativity to to that memory. And for the wild, it looked like for the first period at least, and they were out hitting the Jets. And I don't know where the, the hits finished out at, but like they were definitely out hitting the Jets uh significantly throughout the first and second periods. They didn't, and you know, impressively in the third, I think the Jets possessed the puck significantly more, but the, the idea was that the Jets just weren't allowing it to change their games too much, but it just Mm -hmm. felt like the wild kind of had that edge a little bit in that first period playing with maybe a little more emotion than the Winnipeg was.
1: And I, I agree. I think the whole 20 minutes was like that too. I I tweeted out that this is going to be a fast physical game and Winnipeg did not look ready for it in the first period. Mm -hmm. Um, they obviously changed that around in the second period. I thought they played a lot better than the third. We know what happened. They came back down to one. Uh, but that first period, yeah, I totally agree. It was fast, physical. Minnesota came out with a lot of emotion. There's probably a pregame ceremony for Mark Andre Fleury. They probably honored him many times. Um, and, uh, I, I, can't really blame the jets for getting out physical in the first period when a team comes out with that much emotion, Mm -hmm. Uh, but their ability to bounce back was really impressive. But I, I, I agree with what you said about them getting kind of pushed around in that first period. And they ended the period one, nothing, I believe down to the wild.
0: Yeah. And we'll get into that. For right. sure, and 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 John Elliott, thank John Elliott, thank you very much. Oh, you yeah. points out that the, the Wilds had 16 hits in that first period alone, and so you know, one hand you would say, well, that means they didn't have the puck if they were ha- trying to hit lay the body, but right. at the same time, you know that that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to set a tone. They were trying, and and good, it was a good atmosphere. You know, you got Jets fans in oh, the yeah. building, and we talked about it. Jets fans, a lot of them were going to be seeing the Vikings game later, so you knew that it was going to have a. Inc- it always increases the atmosphere because it creates. Yeah. You could hear the dueling chance a little bit so so that to me was was something and but but again the wild look like they get on the board first they score and who is it who scores ryan hartman so i thought to myself that's the old literal insult to injury you know he insult <laughs> he, he 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 injures and then he insults and so you're thinking and it was a it was a it was a good shot but i mean it was from fairly far away so yeah. you're kind of thinking lauren bressois probably should have had that goal um but Matty Prefontaine, the video goal, uh, video video goal, video guy for the Winnipeg Jets. He's quick to make a call down to, for them to oh, challenge. Wow. Sure enough, they challenge and very quickly. That might have been one of the quick. It's funny because yeah. recently there was a, one of the longest reviews of all time. This might have been one of the quickest reviews of all time because and Hartman knew that he was offside. He basically said it on the broad. They showed him on the broadcast, but uh, he's offside, and you're wondering how is that going to change things. But I, I did think it was somewhat of karma that Hartman doesn't at least get a goal after injuring Vetti.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I saw someone tweet that out. I'm not sure who it was, but I, I agree with that. I mean, he injured him. He got away with a penalty uh, and then goes and scores, but he gets called back. So he, he had a, a little glimmer of hope there that he was going to score, but he was he was definitely offside. I'm glad that it was a quick review because on first replay, you're like, oh, yeah, like that puck is on the blue line. That skate is in. It's clearly offside. There's no reason to look at 1,800 different angles and take five minutes and halt all like pace and momentum of the game. Uh, which mm-hmm. the NHL officials oftentimes do uh, just keep it 20 seconds. Boom. Offside. Let's keep going. And it was offside. Yeah.
0: And then the wild, they didn't stop though. Shortly thereafter, they right. kept it going. They win the faceoff and faceoffs were not in the jets favor today. They were not particularly good. I think the wild ended up winning 62% of the faceoffs overall in today's game. And folks can talk about the importance of it, but you know, in this instance on the first goal, it was definitely important. The wild win it. Uh, And then Spurgeon get the pucks to Spurgeon, who, of course, you know, recognizes an opportunity, shoots it on net. And Marcus Foligno with the redirect or the tip, he puts it past Laurent Brassois to open up the scoring in with 157 left in that first period.
1: Yeah, and it was a nice offensive zone like play from the wild. Obviously, every team has a, a play that they run they went it back to the right D or went it forward or went it to the left D there's, there's different plays that all these teams have installed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was clearly a play because there's walking the line and Felino is like the only guy kind of in the middle of the ice with a yep. stick down, ready to deflect it. Um, so he shoots it, deflects it and Brassois gets beat. Um, and it, it, you can't really blame Brassois. Um, the jets defensive structure. Maybe they could have tied up Felino better. Um, Mm -hmm. or maybe they could have just won the faceoff prevented it all. Like you said, but, um, I didn't hate this goal from Winnipeg's perspective for maybe could have stuck out the pad, um, but it was a nice shot, nice deflection. And you just kind of, they were getting dominated. So you could see that coming for sure.
0: Yeah. You could feel the tide was turning a little bit for Minnesota, even though they knew they had that goal disallowed. And, and again, to me, the faceoff is critical, but you know, Spurgeon who, he missed, I think, seven games in a row, played his first game yesterday with a lower body injury, and, and he looked a little more comfortable throughout the course of this game. He, boy, he's not a big guy, but he plays big. had a couple good hits on Mark Shifley. And 55 was definitely a target of the wild. I don't think there's any question about that. They were trying to make his, his day uncomfortable, um, trying to get under his skin, I think. And, and look, they, they walked the line They get the one nothing lead, and uh, you know it heads into the first period, and you're thinking, well, that was a pretty feisty period. How are the Jets going to respond? Well they responded well I thought. They they responded yeah. very well in that to start that middle frame and and sure enough 2 minutes and 8 seconds in it's the captain and it's but it's not just about the captain, right? It's about the play in the Jets end, right? Josh Morrissey takes a hit, gets the puck out, then you've got Nino Niederreiter lugging the puck up like he usually does, so effective at that, finds the dish, makes the dish I should say, and then of course Mason Appleton he gets the puck on net, and then Adam Lowry finishes it off for his 100th of the his career. Just an interesting sort of, we talk about it, right? We've already mentioned the idea of depth, Connor. But like to me, that's what you needed. You needed those guys to kind of bring, you know, Adam Lowry already brought you into the fight. And I thought it was, you know, um, I guess fitting that he's the one who gets the goal after having to drop the gloves with uh, Pat Maroon in the beginning of the game. And he was one step closer to the Gordy Howe Hatcher. He was. Right? So He was.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, but 100th career goal. And it was Murata Tesh who tweeted it during the game. But he was like, how else would Adam Lowry score his 100th career goal? Like a rebound <laughs> in front, greasy, jam it in. a uh, Huge goal for the team after fighting in the first period. Like Adam Lowry and the captaincy naming before the season and what he's bringing to this team right now. And especially in this game, fast, physical, like we said. Um, his importance can't go unnoticed, and it was it was a huge goal in the moment because, like you, like we both said, Jets got dominated in the first period. So to be able to bounce back and get that first goal in the second and get have an even slate and uh, play from there was huge. 100th career goal, props to him, and uh, here's to 100 more. He's already well, 30, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not so sure. It's not Goal scoring isn't his forte uh, right. exactly, although Mason Appleton, we should mention, that was his 13th assist of the season in Game 35 for him, and so that is, uh, ties his career um, high for assists. He's on pace for around 30, and uh, that would be rather significant. Again, we talk about contributions, and you want to get – it has to be up and down the lineup. You know, if the first line isn't scoring, which they haven't been doing of late, well, guess what? You have the second, third, and fourth lines all scoring, and that's uh, a significant advantage. And part of the reason why the Jets are, you know, and, and Garrett Hall was talking about this, I saw on Twitter, you know, the importance of offense versus defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we say how important defense of, defense of hockey is, and, and the Jets are a testament to that. And one of the things I mentioned yesterday on Twitter I thought was remarkable team only gave up 86 goals coming into today's game 86 goals the next closest team to them in the central was arizona at 99 after that every single team colorado dallas st louis nashville minnesota has given up anywhere from like 106 i'm not going to mention chicago because i think they've given up like 129 (laughs) or something like that but but they've given up 20 more goals than the Winnipeg Jets, same number of games. Now they're they're scoring a little bit more, not significantly more than the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. So that's again, that's a testament to the de- importance of defense. But ultimately, you need to have offense, and part of mm-hmm. that is having offense from all across the board. Because if you're a one trick pony, and if you're only scoring because Mark Scheifele, Nikolai Ehlers, and Gabriel Vallerdi are bringing it every single night, you know that that's not going to be good when those guys do what they're doing right now, which is going a little bit cold. And instead of you know being able to rely on other lines, you're not able to. what are the jets doing right now they're relying on other lines and as a result they're winning hockey games
1: yeah and that third line i mean you bring up mason appleton being on pace for 30 assists the first name that comes to my mind is nino niederreiter like we've seen lowry appleton and then phil whoever you want in on the left wing we've Mm -hmm. seen that in years past those lines have sometimes struggled and like they've gotten shelled in terms of shot possession uh, chances, uh, expected goals, share, things like that. But yep. Nino Niederreiter has completely turned this line around. They're both a shutdown line and they're chipping in offensively. Um, and it's huge for, for the depth we keep mentioning on the show. But that third line, they started the year really hot. Um, They've been consistent ever since. And Lowry with a huge goal. Appleton's having a great year. And Nino Niederreiter already has, what, 13 goals? He's on pace for <laughs> like well over 20 Yeah, yeah, he he has kind of unlocked that line in a sense. And uh, they're they're dominant. They're perfect for a game like this that we've said many times fast and physical, and they were rewarded with a goal. And uh, you can't really argue against it. They should have. And they had many other great shifts throughout the rest of the game.
0: Well, and, and and they also hit a lot of posts. You know, Brendan yes. Dillon smoked the post. Dylan Sandberg smoked the post. Well, he didn't, he didn't smoke it. He he hit the post. Brendan Dillon smoked the post. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that, and I think I saw Mike McIntyre of the One Pick Free Press tweet. I think that's eight posts in the last three games or something of that, of that nature because, of course, they hit a bunch of posts in Chicago. So uh, we know that the Jets and the posts have not been very good friends because they're a little too familiar with one another. But it's a one-all game after 40 minutes. And, uh, you know, the... Again, it, it's just, it's, it's, it seems rather appropriate to me, at least that, you know, it's, and the one thing I liked was, at least I thought was going to happen, was that the refs were going to put away the whistles because we didn't see, you know, we, there was the right. one uh, right. penalty in the second period, and it was a delay game penalty, which so you have to call that on right. Dakota M. Remus, which I always laugh at his name because I always think of Michael Remus whenever I see it, M. Remus, mm. usually playing for the That's Iowa it. Wild. He's been recalled and he's playing, of course, with the Minnesota Wild, but, um, so there's only the one penalty. The Jets, of course, are uh, unable to capitalize on that opportunity. Again, some good good looks, but they just aren't able to finish. Marc-Andre Furry, of course, is playing pretty well in net at that point. Um, And, and it, I thought it was interesting because Minnesota's record, one of the things I thought when I looked at it was they're very good at home. And they're they're not graded on the road. And while well, the Jets have been good both at home and on the road, so it was interesting to see our friends at Betway, who of course are sponsoring this this show. They had the the odds in favor of the visit of the home team. Sorry, and not the visitors. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be an interesting way to go. But the second period ends two sorry one one after forty minutes, and and again it's setting itself up for what I thought was going to be a really good third period.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And the the betway thing the lines they they had wild as a favorite i i can't even disagree with that because when mm-hmm. you play usually when you play a team one night and then play them the next night um it's just too much kind of emotionally especially when you're going on the road to play them that second night and yeah. they lost um it's it's a really impressive win when you look at the circumstances and this whole year rick bonus has talked about there's been no excuses you know they were down 2-0 to la on the third game in four nights and second yeah. night of a back-to-back uh they could have rolled over but no they scored five unanswered goals came back and won tonight um or this afternoon uh down two one early in the third period we'll get into that second goal in a second but they push back and they win uh because there's no excuses in this team they're fighting and they're they're proving that they're different from last year maybe last year's team would have rolled over this year's team is different um and they've shown it many many times so far this season
0: well, I mean and it, it kind of ties in with Rick bonuses, you know, saying, you know, solutions not excuses. Right. Yeah. And and that to me is is what this team seems to be doing. They're coming up with the proper solutions to most of their issues. Again, power play being the, the number one issue, but for now they they are seeming to, you know, again, they they don't they're not there's no really lamenting. Oh, we're, we're down. You know, like like you don't see them hanging their heads. There's, and again, part of that, I guess, part of the fact that the testament to that is the fact that they're, they're really not out of games, you know, like even if they're down, they're down a goal, they're not going down. You know, I mean, obviously they had a couple of two, nothing as you detailed in that one in Anaheim where they had two, nothing deficit as well. There have been some deficits, but, but generally not significant, nothing that's like overpowering that they need to overcome. So that's one of the things. So, yeah, after 40 minutes, tied at one in St. Paul. You're listening to the Illegal Curve Hawk postgame show. Sorry, Connor. I'm Dave Manuk. He is Connor Harabchak. He is of Winnipeg Sports Talk, where you can catch the Hustler and Remus every day, Monday to Friday. Not this Monday, though. I think they're off this Monday, no, correct? No, off tomorrow. Yeah. I should know yeah. because we had Hustler on yesterday on the Illegal Curve Hockey show, but the boys are on Monday to Friday from one till just usually around three o'clock. Sometimes they go a little bit long. And uh, you can catch them on their YouTube channel, Winnipeg Sports Talk, for daily chats chatter. But of course, for the post game chatter, you come here, or you well, you come here first, then you go to Kenny and Rennie after. But that's where you need to be. You need to be subscribed. You need to smash that like button, of course. And that's that's what you have to do in order to be part. Well, you don't have to, but we we appreciate it. That's kind of the nice thing you can do. All right, getting into that third period, things were looking uh, not so good for the Winnipeg Jets because. Three minutes and 42 40, 56 seconds. Sorry, if I can read properly, Frederick Gaudreau. I'm never gonna pronounce that right because uh, he's from Quebec, so I'm probably mispronouncing it, butchering his name. <laughs> but regardless, he gets the wild awe into this lead with the power play goal 2 1 for Minnesota. Um, what did you think of the PK again? Like it's an area of concern for, for yeah. the Jets. Uh, did you they've done pretty well, right? They killed, I think, a minute and 56
1: seconds, seconds
0: of, yeah, yeah a minute 56 yeah. of the of the power play uh had been killed i think that was the neil Pionk tripping one if i recall correctly uh let me just check be sure yeah it was the neil oh it was neil peonk they called it high sticking which I, I thought it was a trip but anyways mm-hmm. it was neil Pionk in the box uh for evidently for high sticking and then uh you know gudrow gets that one with the as as it wound down so how did you see that did you like what the, the way the jets were configured or did you see a problem in, in the structure i think
1: the pk has been fine especially as of late this one i thought was okay as well it's scored on with four seconds left for just late to the post um on a save that he he could have made it's a tough one for sure like he mm-hmm. shouldn't have made it um but he could have um and maybe hellebuck does but he, hellebuck's not the best uh at moving side to side he's best when he's calm so That argument doesn't really hold any weight of, oh, does Hellebuck save it? But the PK and its structure, um, it's been a concern, but it's flying under the radar because of the power play. And the power play, Mm -hmm. like you said, it was three for 30 coming into today. Um, They're losing games because of the power play and they're 0 for 4. But Rick Bonus, after games is talking about how their special teams is costing them games because the Jets will go 0 for 4 in the power play. And the other team will go 2 for 3 on their power plays. And that's where the difference is. Um... But today, I didn't. I wasn't overly impressed with the penalty kill, but I wasn't overly pessimistic about what happened. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know how you saw it. What were your thoughts? Because the PK, I thought was. Hey, fine, I'm the host then of they the give show. Don't the,
0: ask me my thoughts, Connor. <laughs>
1: but then they give up the goal with four seconds left, and it, it goes down as a an, an O for one on the penalty kill, right? So obviously you need results um, and maybe you get that save from, from Brassois and we're having, we're talking differently about how the penalty kill played today, but I yeah. thought they were fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I thought that there were obviously Minnesota didn't have, you know, much on many opportunities, of course, right. but the fact of the matter is that it's, it's, it's definitely to me, it's, it's a tough situation because you've already not ni- killed 95% of it. And you're, you look like you have, and and sure it's, I mean, you—if you want to nitpick, you can, right? Like you can nitpick on, I guess, like like slightly on how how it's played. But they they really have their guys tied up. You know, it's a lost battle behind the net, and then the one thing you'll give Minnesota credit for: quick, they don't they yeah. don't they don't they don't sit on it too long, right? So they win the pack battle behind the Jets' net, and then they get the puck over, and he blasts that one home. So, uh, you know, again, it's it just to me it was also more importantly to follow the reaction of the yes. Jets and to see what they were going to do. Uh, with Minnesota. And I actually thought that they, you know, and although worth noting, Nick Patan, the secondary assist. So Nick Patan was free mm-hmm. from Iowa. And uh, suddenly you've got the, uh, the free Patan movement is, is, is happening, but he's, he's doing he's it for the Minnesota points. wild. So yeah. he gets a secondary assist there and the Minnesota wild, have a two, one lead. It's uh, going wild at XL energy. Folks are excited. Folks are amped up, but the jets, they're not planning on going anywhere because they hmm. shortly thereafter also get, it. and I, I, again, I didn't love all these penalties. Like I, I just thought that the game was a good game. I didn't think that, I didn't think these were particularly good penalty calls. Like the, the tripping against, like they were, they were fine. Like the, these ones were okay. Like whatever. But it's just like, I would rather, like I thought in the first period, the refs were going to start calling too much. These ones, these, like the velardi trip was a, is a, is a call. The, the Pionk, I don't know why they called it high stick. Cause it looked like a trip to me. Um, those two were were legit. I'm just saying, like I, in the first period, I was like, I was like, oh god, here we go again. You know, it's yeah. gonna be another game where the refs are calling these unnecessary penalties. Just let the game play. Uh, but these ones were legit, and the Jets go to the power play, and who is it? But it's not the second line gets the the start, which the second power play units, or right, I should say, not the second line, um, and it's Vlad Nemestikov. And importantly, what did the Jets do? They it's it's interesting because you you could argue that it was kind of a you know not necessarily a face off win because it was kind of like in the no-man's land, but the Jets do some good work to retrieve the puck. And then Cole Perfetti yeah. puts it on Vladimir Mestikov's stick. And again, I don't know if Marc-Andre Fleury is anticipating a pass or if Mestikov's shot's just, like, that good. But, you know, you've got to give him credit. I mean, it's, it's a rocket of a shot upstairs. And, like, he had time and space. I just didn't think that, you know, it would be Fleury. I just don't – I don't know what he was anticipating because, like yeah. I said, like, there's not really – there's no, like, he's got a, he's got a clean shot at it. There's nobody really obstructing his, his, the lane from Mesnikov to, to flurry. And yet, Mesnikov doesn't find, again, not a ton of room. So I think got a right, good Vlad yeah. Mesnikov shot credit. That was, that was a great shot, but it ties the game. And it just seemed to swing the momentum into the Jets' favor. And Vlad Mesnikov has been fantastic
1: for the Jets this year. He... Everyone was saying when Vlardi comes back, oh, Nemesikov's a guy that's going to slide down to the fourth line. Then you move Perfetti back to the middle, and he's just mm-hmm. stayed on that second line. He's been consistent. He keeps scoring. And now he's a part of the better power play unit. Like, I didn't think I'd <laughs> be saying this um, in the year 2023. It's not 24 yet, but um, <laughs> Nemesikov, yeah, what a shot. Um, that second unit, I think, going forward, might start and be, like, the first unit. Like, they bonus might still call them the second unit maybe, but he might throw them out first um, more often than not. He already has been doing that since Mm -hmm. Niederreiter scored two against Boston. Right. Um, He started throwing them out a bit more, but I think from here on out, I mean, the first unit, we said it, they're fine, they're generating chances, but the second unit, they score a big goal at a big moment like that. You can't really deny it. And uh, yeah, Domestikov has been great. Well, and I got to
0: give Vlad Domestikov the... the Seagram's shot of the game. Because there's no question about it, that was the no. shot of the game. The, absolutely, our friends at Seagram's, we've, we appreciate their support. Of course, Drew, Ezzy, and I love the, the Fireball. We're always talking about Fireball, but they've got a lot of other uh, wonderful um, drinks that you can purchase at the local liquor commission. So uh, LegalCurve.com, we have all their ads. You can see them on there, and if you see anything you like, you click the ads, go to the LC, and you buy their product. Our thanks to the friend, our friends at Fireball. No secrets. Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, so we've got a two-two uh, hockey game. Jets get a power play goal, so there's much rejoicing in Jets land. And you're thinking, well, how are they going to follow that up? And again, I thought that they built a lot of momentum from not just obviously the goal, but I thought that their play throughout had been had been much better. And we, I think they said it on the broadcast. I think the Jets had been outshooting Minnesota uh, in the third period. Uh, it was. It finished at 13-8, but I think it was like like 9-2 to two at a certain point. Like the, You could just feel that the Jets were building a lot of momentum yeah. despite the the early goal by um, Goudreau. So it, suddenly it's a 2-1, it's 2-all, two two and, of course, Dominic Toninato. And, I, and you know, what, Connor, one of the things I'm seeing from this fourth line, and hold on, I want to interrupt myself, my own thoughts, just to mention, give an update for those who are paying attention. Brad Lambert, he scores a goal to tie the game, so Minnesota, the Manitoba Moose, and the Texas Stars tied one all in that first period. I'll be quickly changing out of my sweatsuit into my real suit after this game <laughs> recap finishes, so I can get down there and hopefully get in the second and third periods. But uh, and the fireworks that are coming, Connor. Apparently, there's going to be right. indoor fireworks in a place it. behind you. I need a video of that.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah. will definitely be I, taking
0: a video. I will definitely. Be I, taking I would a video. just.
1: I'm. I'm. I can't wrap my head around. Like indoor, I've been in I that know. building how many times? I can't imagine where they'll be. Whatever. So I need a video for sure
0: yeah so i'm gonna I'm definitely gonna be taking a video of that. i'm gonna delay my 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 uh making my way down to the to the post game interviews so i can uh so I can yeah. film that because I think that's gonna be rather interesting. but anyways, getting back to this game. so yeah, I thought the jets were building momentum after that uh after the obviously after the goal to tie it on the power play and then three minutes later on a delayed penalty call, Dominic toado and we you know we talk about the role players and we've mentioned it already in terms of how many – of these role players are are scoring for Winnipeg and what they're able to do and all that stuff. But a lot of these guys are just playing with, you know, uh, they don't, they're no fee. It's not a fear. It's just a desire. You can see that they don't want to be sent down. They want to be up with the team. They want to show that again, they're able to do more than just one thing. And so you've got these guys working hard and, you know, I mean, Tom Natto on a delayed penalty call could have gone off the ice. Right. But instead he stays on there. He goes right to the front of the net. He's creating some havoc in front. You know, Brendan Dillon fires, just fires a, a shot on net and you've got Toninata who cleans up. He, he gets basically gets hit with the puck and then chips it up and over Marc-Andre Fleury. And you can just see the, the jets bench, the, the, the guys on the ice, they erupt because they know how significant it is now that they've got that three, two lead.
1: Yeah. And yeah, huge goal and a huge moment, not a power play goal. Cause it was delayed penalty. Like you said, Um, very close to one, but Dominic Toninato, first of the year in on New Year's Eve, um ends up being the game winner in his home state, I believe, right? He is a, a yep, yep. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's that's the script right there. That's the NHL writing, writing the script. Um, but no, what a what a greasy goal in a big moment. And yeah, like you said, I thought the Jets had all the momentum at this moment. Um, and yeah, great, great effort from the fourth line as of late. Uh, obviously Morgan Barron scores against Chicago. Axel Jansen Fialbi scores yesterday, mm-hmm. and then Toninado scores today. The fourth line is chipping in depth. Uh, and I agree with what you said. This this line is playing for their jobs. Um, they don't want to be sent back down. Maybe not Morgan Barron in a sense, but definitely the other two. Um, and they've been they've been fantastic. Janssen Fialby has been a four-checker, it's exactly what you want from him. And Toninado's been a face-off guy. He's even chipping in on the score sheet now. He's been a good four checker as well, and that fourth line is bringing a lot of energy. And most importantly, they're giving the other three lines a breather uh and not losing those minutes in the process. So they've been great. Great goal, big moment. Must must feel amazing for Toninato who to score in his his home state.
0: Sorry, I'm 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 fighting through the coughs here, uh, Connor. because <laughs> yes. as you know, you're not the only one who's on the IR. I am as well, but yes. Tico Napoli wants to know if they get a 20% off coupon at Manuk dental with a, with a illegal curve coupon. I've not worked that out with those guys. If they want to, they want to jump in on that. Maybe we'll talk about that. But again, I think, I think you illustrate a really important point. I think that the years past this fourth line didn't necessarily get scored against, but they didn't contribute. You know, we talked about it yesterday on the show, both on the, on the Saturday show and on the post game show. I'm jealous you have a drink. I forgot one, even though you and I talked about this before the, the before I before I hit uh, go on this on this broadcast. Yeah. But um, no, I, I think that the, the the you know the Sacramento line ins and Kevin Stanley who contributed a little bit. You, you had guys who who tra- kind of treaded water. They they weren't necessarily yeah. hurting you defensively, but they weren't providing offense. And now you've got a fourth line, and Dave Gustafson already has two goals this year. You've got guys who are scoring a little bit more, and that's yeah. and that's again it just speaks to the depth and that's the importance of it. So you know the Jets now. 3-2 and uh, it's setting itself up for a really, you know, heck of a good ending and and it was and it was fun right down to the end. But in the end, it's the Jets who win that hockey game. Uh, they sweep the Minnesota Wild. They are 22-9 and 4 on the season. They're 10-1 2 in December. 25 games in a row giving up three or fewer, fewer goals and and Connor, they're 10-3 and 1 against the Central Division. So the wow. wild, by the way, as in uh, who came into yesterday's game, I think they were three and two, which they uh, obviously, if you can do math, it's only five games and now they're, they're three and four, but like it's very interesting that they've played so few games against the central division. Um, so we'll see how they, they fare against the, the Colorado's and the, and the Dallases and, and the other teams that are all challenging, but kind of a big blow to Minnesota and, and a huge yeah. sweep for Winnipeg to, to end the two any 23 you know, calendar year with a pair of wins to to cap off an unbelievable December and end in first place in the central.
1: Yeah. And last, before I comment on that, I want to talk about the, the end of the game there. With about eight seconds to go, the mm-hmm. wilds uh, attempt to take three shots from the point. Uh, and I think Tony Notto blocks the first one. Yeah. And then like Dylan and then Pionk. I think like this three, it was blocked, blocked, blocked. And then the, the buzzer sounded. It was Rick Bonus must have loved that. I, 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 it was fun to watch. I mean, these players are putting their bodies on the line. They know how much that game meant, uh, keeping that puck out of the net with like under five seconds to go is great showing of effort. But yeah, this team is rolling. Um, I said it at the start of the program. The wild ran into the wagon that is the Winnipeg Jets. Um, like you said, 10 1 and 2 in December. A lot of those wins, like they beat Colorado twice, they beat Boston, they beat LA, they beat Minnesota twice on a back to back. Um, like a lot of impressive wins. And, uh, they're beating playoff teams, and that's all you can really ask for them going into the new year. Uh, Maybe they make a trade deadline acquisition. Maybe they don't,
0: but as of right now, they're rolling. They are rolling, and we are going to roll into the commercials. That ends the Betway game recap. We thank our friends at Betway for that. We're going to head to commercial break. When we come back, we'll offer up some final 2023 thoughts, and then uh Dave M is going to head to the Moose game. Connor is going to enjoy some time off before whatever maybe he'll let us know what he's doing for for new year's but for now we'll head into the commercial break this is the illegal curve post game show make sure you're subscribing and make sure you smash that like button for dave m thanks very much we'll be right back. Your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to rumorscomedyclub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from eighteen ninety nine for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference help prevent them from being game changers with lyndon market dental center bonding crowns bridges and dental implants state-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game to learn more visit lyndonmarketdentalcenter.com creating smiles for life
1: whoa ezzy everything okay you look stressed of course i'm stressed We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem.
0: What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rollies transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com. They will take it from there. Thanks, Dave,
1: and thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by FedAlytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve hockey
0: show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the final segment of the 2023 calendar year. This is the Illegal Curve post game show, a little different. I'm Dave minouk He's Connor Rajapak of Winnipeg Sports Talk. He's he's on IR or coming off IR. I'm a little bit on IR but Barely. coming off IR. Yeah. Nice Brad Lambert goal to talk about for the Manitoba Moose on the power play, a little one-time action. Uh Jets fans are familiar seeing Finnish guys with the on the power play score for on the one-timer. So I'm not suggesting that he should be a solution this year for the Jets, but uh, that could Mandy. be something for the future—a little, a little future casting for for them. But look, we—it's uh, been a good—it's been a good 2023, of course, Connor. Uh, the Jets ended in 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 good fashion with the the with the sweep of the Minnesota Wild. Any final thoughts from the game itself, or just some overall thoughts uh, from the Jets this season and uh, your coverage of the Jets this season?
1: Yeah, I mean the the coverage has been. A dream come true it's been so much fun to to cover the team and be up there in the press box and in the room after and all and those things beside, but... and to sit beside me and to sit beside you it's been it's been a dream Dave it's been a, it's been a dream <laughs> um no but it's the the 2023 it's hard to not start that conversation with Kevin Shevelday off.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean
1: he trades for Nino Niederreiter extends him trades for Vladislav Nemesikov, extends him dual signings of Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck uh, eight and a half million per for seven years, and then he trades Pierre Luc Dubois, a top line at the time, center, uh, for Gabe Velarde, Alex follow, Kapari, and a second round pick, which was has turned out great for Winnipeg. It's contributed to the depth that we've talked about tirelessly on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been kind of the year of Chevy, and it's it's hard not to it's hard to argue against that because he's made so many good moves. Um, a lot of people, including myself thought they were going to have to blow it up uh, with mm-hmm. Hellbuck and Shifley, you know, expiring contracts. Um, and I was thinking back to myself the other day, like imagine if they hadn't signed those dual contracts, where would we be right now? If the Jets were playing exactly the way, like everything else was the same, except those players were still both on expiring contracts. Would we be talking about how they're going to have to trade them despite being number one in their division?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: all that went out the window. Rider even talked about it when he signed, he said, connor hellebuck and mark shifley signing convinced me that this team wants to win convinced me to come back um it's been the year of chevy um and it's been fantastic for the jets so far they're number one in their division heading into the
0: new year what can you say and joe from winnipeg reminds you and reminds yes. all of us let's not forget At the guy Blake wheeler that was huge for this team yeah you're right there yeah. no you're absolutely right connor and and you've been a welcome addition i have to tell you you're a real young good young professional guy who's uh a welcome addition in my mind to the to the Winnipeg media market. So I'm happy to have you. and I know the guys at Winnipeg Sports Talk are, are happy to have you. and I think uh, you know, hopefully you'll be joining us for in the future on more Illegal curve, whether post game show hockey shows or whatever it is to Let's uh, do it. Yeah. to discuss the jets and to discuss the moose if you haven't forgotten your roots. It's always important to remember oh, your yeah. roots, Connor. you never want to forget your roots. And so uh, <laughs> that's that's that' I'll hold that to you. I'll hold you against that against you if you don't. remember that. Of course, okay. some of us are gonna be trading this. <laughs> for a suit well i mean i don't know what i'm going to be wearing i'm i'm in sweatpants right now it might be a little <laughs> difficult to uh to convince me to, to in, my,
1: the, in the third period with sweats on like i don't yeah. know like, <laughs> well, we'll,
0: we'll see about that we'll see about that but look it, it's been a really good year and i mean before okay. i before we go though i've got to before i give my little long soliloquy of course we've got some other stuff i've got to give the tough duck hardest hitting comment the tough duck hardest hitting comment Well, we've been talking about depth, so I'm I'm giving it to a guy who who mentioned the depth and talked about the depth. That's Brendan Matheson. Brendan says Tony and the fourth line have had a big piece of the team getting points. Five points in the last three, a goal from each of Baron, AJF, and Tony. And you know you can't disagree with that comment because it's what we've been talking about: the importance yeah. of of depth in the organization and the the ability to just kind of add a piece and not miss a beat. And that's what the fourth line has been able to do. And it's been able to show that it's an effective fourth line, regardless of who's on it, because they all fit that same mold and they all adapt themselves to whatever that line needs. And so, you know, you've seen it from guys like Axel Johnson, Fielby and, and Dominic Toninato, when they get the call, we see it from David Gustafson. These guys are doing what it takes to be a part of this team. And so, Brendan, send me an email, dave at illegalcurve.com or slide into my DMs, I see Dave, and uh, we will get you hooked up with, just send me your address, your mailing address and we'll get you a tough duck tube from our friends at tough duck uh, to, you know, because again, it hasn't been a particularly cold 2023 and we're not upset about that. We don't want to jinx ourselves for 2024, but you will eventually need that tough duck too, to, uh when things start to get a little, a little chillier here in Manitoba. So congrats to Brendan.
1: Yeah, and his comment was spot on. I mean, that fourth line's been fantastic, and uh, the Jets have good options coming back soon. Like Gustafson, like we said, already eligible to come off of IR. Rick Bonus said he was hopeful to play Saturday, so it's not a long term thing with Gustafson. Yep. Rasmus Kapari, uh, he's coming mm-hmm. back soon. I don't know if he's shed his non-contact jersey no, yet or if, yet. no, but he's skating with the non-contact jersey. Rick, Rick Bonus um, did
0: say that he's is hopeful that he'll come back and play in. Um on the on the so not for the Tampa game which is on Tuesday but for the um that road trip when they go to Anaheim uh where they play San Anaheim Day. San Jose and Arizona okay yeah so yeah they have options coming back right and what
1: do you do uh as of right now you keep those guys in the lineup they've earned it they're earning their jobs they're earning their pay on that fourth line but if one of them starts to slip you've got good options to come right back in um and if there's an injury um, knock on wood, but the, you got
0: good options. Organizational depth—we've talked about it. Um, the Jets have it. Well, yeah, and that's and that's absolutely the key is is the fact that they've got those guys who can fill in and 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 again up and down, and and eventually you're going to get it back from you know, the guys who are, you know, like the Velardis and all those guys, they're going to go into these sort of situations where they're not producing to the same degree as they were, Mm -hmm. you know, at that torrid pace, but that's somewhat to be expected. And like I said, when you get guys like Aya Fallow and Nita Ryder and Lowry and everybody else getting those goals, you know, you can afford to kind of take a step back. Um, Well, I, you know, like I said, I just want to end 23 by thanking Connor for joining us on this broadcast and thanking all of you for uh, downloading the podcast and listening, joining us live each and every time the Leo curve hockey show or the legal curve post game show goes live. Uh, we really appreciate it. We wouldn't be around if it wasn't for all of you. So uh, thank you very much for, for all of the things that the folks do, because I got to tell you, like, you know, the the chat is what makes the show and we've been doing, you know, we're coming in February. It'll be the 15th year of the Leo curve hockey show. The legal curve.com has been around for 17 years, but it's because of all of you, and it's because you guys come to the website every single day, and it's multiple times a day. I should mention, and you know, come and download our shows and listen all the time. So, uh, if it wasn't for all the the people who listen and contribute, uh, we wouldn't be around. And of course, our sponsors and Frosty Winnipeg has already got it up, Connor. So I'm going to give a, a thank you to Perfect. our sponsors because, of course, without them, we wouldn't have a show necessarily. In addition, all of you. So a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. They are Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Rob. I, I don't think i'm gonna pronounce that properly but you know we'll see Linden market dental center see that's when drew's better because drew knows that kind of stuff Linden market <laughs> dental center zapia group realty uh betway tough duck boston pizza seagram's Roly's transfer and farmery beer farmery beer of course home of ic beer connor we can get you some of that you're yes. old enough to drink it so we can get you some of that <laughs> support these fine businesses because of their continued support of legal curve hockey Whew. Well, I mean, it may be the end of 2023, but this is just the end of the 35th illegal curve post game show, Connor, which means, and I'm not going to do the math because I'm too lazy right now, but there are still 57. Is that 57? No, or 47, 47, 47, 47. Yeah. <laughs> 47. Sorry, I did some quick math there. 47. Uh, illegal curve post game shows plus playoffs, because I think the Jets are fair to say a lock for that. So there will be a lot of that. Just make sure you are joining us after each and every game here on the illegal curve hockey show, the legal curve post game show, or, you know, maybe it's a moose special. And speaking of the moose, I got to end this show because I've got to get to uh, Canada Life Center, the place right behind Connor, and make sure that uh, I'm covering the moose for the, at least the, maybe this mid part of the second. I thought it was going to be there for the second. We went a little long. We were having a lot of fun. I want to okay. wish everyone the happy and healthy. Uh, 2024 hope you have a good night tonight everyone be safe and and smart out there and uh thank you very much for joining us here on the Legal curve Post Game show i'm dave Manuk. he's connor harabchuk of the winnipeg sports talk and we will be joining you again on tuesday night when the jets take on the tampa bay lightning of course illegalcurve.com despite everyone else taking a day off connor we will not be we'll be up with the morning papers tomorrow of course the jets recap is on the website already moose recap will be on the website later And, of course, like I said, the morning paper is fresh for you at 7 o'clock with all the latest Jets news. So, uh, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Drew, on behalf of Ezra, and, of course, on behalf of Connor, I wish everyone a Happy New Year, a good night, and we will talk to you on Tuesday night for another Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.